Welcome to another message from Rama Australia, recorded at our 2015 Impact Conference with the ministry of Mark and Trina Hankins. You can follow the sermon notes and listen online at rama.org.au forward slash media. Praise God. Amen. Everybody good? You can hear me? I'll keep talking and get it adjusted. Um, let's make a good confession. Let's say God is on my side. The blood has been applied. Every need shall be supplied. Let's say that again. Look at your neighbors say, every need shall be supplied. And nothing will be denied. Ha, ha, ha. They'll raise your hands like this and say, I've entered into rest. I know I'm blessed. I pass the test. And I get God's best. <laughs> then I'll give God a big shout. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, that's a, just a measly little shout that you gave out. Why don't you give God a big shout? Amen. Praise God. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. David said, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. What does he do? Forgives all of our iniquities, heals every disease, crowns us with loving kindness, tender mercies, satisfies our mouth with what? Good things so our youth is renewed like the eagle's. Praise God, as far as the east is from the west, he's removed our transgressions from us. Praise God. Hallelujah. So it's good reason to shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Amen. Praise God. You know that the triumph is a celebration after the battle's already over. Amen. So aren't you glad you didn't have to get out there and whip the devil again? He's, he's whipped forever. He's defeated forever. In fact, in Revelation, it says, we'll look at him and we'll say, is this the one who gave me such a hard time? And we'll see how whipped he is. He's small, he's paralyzed, defeated. He's beheaded. No. <laughs> he's been disarmed and defeated. So, come on. He can't defeat you. <laughs> All he can do is use his mouth and accuse us. But Revelation 12, 11 says, We overcome him by the blood of the Lamb. Say it with me. Say, I overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony. Amen. So there's two places that there's overcoming power. In heaven, where the blood has been applied, and where else? In the earth. Mark already, uh, last night he mentioned another place, and that's hell. Praise God. The blood reaches to the lowest place, gone to the highest place, and it's effective in your life when you put it in your mouth. Praise God. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. So say, I'm an overcomer. Amen. Jesus said in John 16, 33, it says, um, These things have I spoken to you, that in me 
you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. Not just a little bit of cheer, really good cheer, because I have overcome the world. Amen? So Jesus said it forth that he is an overcomer. I have overcome the world. That was even before he went to the cross. He already determined. He already was on the way. He wasn't going to veer this way or that way. He was going to overcome, and he had overcome the world. Amen? He said, the devil came. He didn't have anything in me. So Jesus said it. I am an overcomer. Be of good cheer. So overcomers are happy people. Hey, good to see you. Pastors, I didn't know you were here. Good to see you. Love you so much. All, all the way from Melbourne area. Praise God. Amen. Aren't you glad that everybody's here today? All right. Good. Well, Jesus said that, and in John, 1 John 4, 4 says, You are of God and have overcome them because why? Greater is he who is in you than he that's in the world. So there's another overcoming scripture. Right? So the first one is what? Did you get that? I'm teaching already. Are you listening? Are you paying attention? Are you writing things down? What's the first scripture I gave you? John 16, 33. You, yeah. You, Revelation 12. Like, okay. John 16, 33. Jesus said, Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Even though you're having tribulation. The second scripture I'm giving you on overcoming is 1 John 4, 4. Jesus said, before he said, I'm an overcomer. Here he says, you are born of God. So you're in Jesus' family. So you are an overcomer. Amen? Because why? Say it with me, 1 John 4, 4. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. So there's a difference between where you are and the world we live in. Amen? And the third place we look at to be overcomers is 1 John 5, 4. And verse 5. What does it say? Whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is a victory that overcomes the world. Even our faith. Say that out loud together. For whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is a victory that overcomes the world. Even our faith. Amen? First John 5 and verse 4. What's the next verse say? Verse 5. Who is he that overcometh the world, but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God? Amen? We're talking about being an overcomer. Praise God. And the prerequisite to being an overcomer is just to be born again. Amen. So whoever is born of God is an overcomer. Look at your neighbor and say, you are an overcomer. Amen. That means that gives you the reference that you are in a conquest, that there's something that you need to overcome. All of us have to overcome daily. How do we overcome? By the Spirit's sword. Amen? By the word of God. Amen. So we are overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. The last witness I'll give you on overcoming is Revelation 12, 11. We already talked about that. Praise God. 
So you have some witnesses that you are an overcomer. What are, what's the first one I gave you? John 16, 33. What's the second one I gave you? 1 John 4, 4. What's the third one I gave you? And verse 5. Amen. So really, there's, there's a 5 right there. Okay, and Revelation 12, 11. Amen. So I think an overcomer should look happy and be, have a shout in your mouth. So let's just take a pause and just lift up our hands. Hi, Carrie. Praise God and let's shout. Glory to God. <laughs> Praise God. Woo. All right, that's good. I just had to say hello to Carrie Friend. So good to see you here. And I, I met her in Las Vegas. We've been friends. We've been friends for a long time. But she's living over here again and Good to see you. I love you. Amen. Praise God. Let's just bow our heads. Father, we just love you so much, and we're so glad that we can call you Father because we're your children, and we've been born from you. And because we're children, we know that we're highly favored and we're gifted. We thank you, Lord, that because we're your children, we enjoy all the pleasures of your household. Because we're your children, we look up unto you, and we know that we have favor. And you're smiling on us, and every need is supplied. We thank you, Lord, that because we're your children, it means that we have your blood in us, and that we have your bloodline in us, and we are champions. We thank you, Lord God, because we're, we're your children. You've endowed us with gifts, and those gifts are special, and those gifts come because of the blood, and those gifts are imparted to us by the power of the Holy Spirit, and through our reception of those gifts by faith. And I thank you, Father God, that today, that as we hear the word, that we'll be doers of the word, and we receive the word, and you teach us, Holy Ghost, even beyond my words, that you make it very clear to each, each one personally, because Holy Spirit, you're on the inside of each one of us to be our personal teacher, instructor, our tutor, to make the things of Jesus very clear to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. There's a group of people in Louisiana. It's all young people. And every time you mention a scripture, they shout. <laughs> I love those young people. It's fun to preach to them. I just thought about that. Let's try doing that, okay? Remember yesterday I taught you about everybody has a gift. And that God has imparted to you a gift. And the first gift is the gift of faith. Everyone has something. You have a measure of the God kind of faith. So let's just shout about that. Woo! Woo. Okay. Amen. So in Second Timothy, that's where we started out. and We'll just kind of hook up where we left off. I'll just remind you that Paul was telling Timothy and he was stirring Timothy up. Timothy was his son. He was encouraging him. And he said, Timothy, I want you to remember that you have faith inside of you that came from your grandmother and your mother. So faith can come to you from your family. Or if you don't have it in your family, it can come from somebody you meet that tells you about Jesus and imparts that faith into you. Amen. Amen. Praise God. It comes from somebody who has discipled you who you have a relationship with. Amen? And then he goes on in verse 3, he says, um, 
Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you, through the laying on of my hands. So right here, you see Paul says, okay, you have faith in you. Now I want you to stir up a gift, the gift. There's also a gift that's been imparted to you because I laid my hands upon you. It came out of men and went into you by the power of the Holy Spirit. And, Paul, and Paul's telling Timothy, don't forget about it, but stir it up. Remember that and get it going. Amen? And so the gift is imparted through the laying on of hands or associations. And then he said the gift, in the same verse, he said he described the gift. He said it has no fear in it. No fear. Say no fear. Okay, this is what is in your gift. Spirit of power. Say, I have a spirit of power. Love. Let's say, I've got God's love. I have a sound mind. That is the, the description of what that gift has in it inside of you. Amen. Wow. So we need to stir that up because as we stir it up, out will come power, supernatural power. The power that Jesus said to go in the upper room and wait for. And we'd be endued with power from on high in Acts 1.8. In Acts 2, it came on them and it changed them completely. Completely. Amen. Woo. And they got fired up. And that gift got fired fired up in them. Amen? I see it like pistons in an in a engine. I don't know that much about it, but I think they get fired up. Is that right? Is that what happens? Yeah, there's sparks going all the time. That's what needs to happen inside of us by the power of the Holy Ghost. You get stir that up. And if you run out of gas, you're going to run out of anything going up and down. <laughs> so you got to get refueled and be being filled with the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 5, 18 says, amen? All right, so Paul said, it's not a spirit of fear, no fear, but power, love, and soundness of mind, or um, self-control, strength, power, amen? All right, and he says, and we go on down to, let's look at verse 12. He said, for this reason I suffer these things. I'm not ashamed. I know who I'm, for this is why. I know whom I have believed, and I'm persuaded he's able to keep what I have committed unto him unto that day. How many have made some commitments to Jesus? Amen. The first time you met him, you made him commitment with your life. And then, you know, you just keep on, maybe you felt called. You made a commitment to serve him. You made a commitment to lay some things down. Maybe to come to Bible school, to go in the ministry. You make commitments uh, all the time. And all those commitments are not lost on God. He keeps them. So on his side, he is keeping all those commitments that you've made to him. And they're precious to him. When he says keep, I know whom I have believed. I'm persuaded that he is able to keep. Say keep. What I have committed unto him. When he says keep, that means this, that God is watching, he is guarding, he's preserving. He is 
uh, observing, he's saving, he's guarding, he's keeping his eye on it, he's not going to let it escape, he's putting a fortress around it. If he's spoken a prophecy to you, he has not forgotten his word that he's spoken to you. Hallelujah. It's ever before him. God is holding fast to that promise that he's made to you. He is able to keep what you've committed to him. He knows what you have committed, and he is a keeper of it. Amen. That's on his side. Hallelujah. Now, let's move down to verse 14. Um, in verse 13, he says, Now you need to remember the sound words that I have spoken unto you. Those form of doctrine, the soundness of the words that I gave you. As you're here in this company, in this Bible school, you're hearing doctrine. That's not a bad word. You're hearing teachings. You're hearing the words of Jesus when he said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast in the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Right? Those are some of the teachings that you've been committed with. Amen? That have been given unto you. <laughs> Praise God. You know, just a side note, wherever you see Jesus saying, what, uh, verily, verily, I say to you, make a note. That is a God thing. That's the way God works. That's the way the kingdom works. Amen? So it works with saying. I won't stay on that. Mark will probably get on that real good. Praise God. But it says, that good thing which was committed to you, verse 14 says, Keep by the Holy Ghost which dwells in us. What was given to you? Some teaching. Amen? That's, a, that's what Paul says. It's a good thing. It's an element of faith, love, hope. It's the way God thinks. It's doctrine. Amen? All those things. Paul said... Those things I've told you with my mouth, I want you to keep them. And it's the same way that God keeps those things that we've put in his hands. Now, we keep those things he's put in our hands. We guard them. We watch over them. We stir them up. We remember the prophecies that God's spoken to us. We fulfill them. We hold fast. We keep and we guard and we develop those things. We cultivate those things. So when I hear songs, like just for example, the song that you sang last night, I started singing this morning again. Um, seated, seated with you. I don't know it really well. I'm seated with you. What was I doing? I was keeping that word that was in me, that was imparted. It came by song, but it was the truth that had been spoken here and taught here, how did he know how to make that song? He grabbed it, and he began to keep it and guard it and stir up the gift of God in him and began to do something with that truth. And now it's a song. It became substance. So whatever truth you're being taught, the doctrine you're being taught, 
Last night, Mark just laid it out. Hallelujah. Did you get it? Well, you, what do you do? You, you absorb that. You keep it. You guard it. You take it as yours, and then you put it out there. You produce it. You make something with it. Example is a song. I'm seated with you. That's a revelation came by Jesus to Paul, to the teachers here. You got it? And now we got a song to sing, and it just keeps going higher and higher. Amen. And that's what Paul had in mind. He said, use the gift. It's a precious treasure. He said, guard this fine deposit of truth by the aid of the Holy Spirit who has his home in you. So the Holy Ghost is helping you. Say, the Holy Ghost is helping me. Amen. And say this, I have a gift. And I am guarding this gift. And I'm stirring up this gift. And this gift contains truth. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. So I just feel excited about this. <laughs> okay, now let's look back at 1 Timothy 4. And verse 14, this has been going around and rolling in my heart for probably four months. You have a gift. Look at your neighbor and say, you got a gift. Now look at your other neighbor and say, stir up your gift. <laughs> Amen. Now look around behind you or in front of you and say, guard your gift. Say, cultivate your gift. Amen. Amen. So what are you doing? You're encouraging each other, right? So you not only get a gift, it's imparted to you by the power of the Holy Spirit, by laying on of hands, by what you hear, but you're also stirring it up this way. Amen? It's God's word to you, you to God, but then it's to each other. Hallelujah. So when he shared his gift in a song with us, we got happy. Amen? Stirred it up in us. Okay, and now let's look in 1 Timothy. And Paul, is again, is telling him, he says, do not neglect, and this is verse 14, 15. Do not neglect the spiritual gift you receive through the prophecy. This is the New Living Translation. <laughs> Spoken over you when the elders of the church laid their hands on you. So you see that. Give your complete attention to these matters. Throw yourself into the, your tasks so that everyone will see your progress. The Amplified Bible says, do not neglect the gift which is in you, that special inward endowment which was directly imparted to you by the Holy Ghost, by the Holy Spirit, by prophetic utterance when the elders laid their hands upon you at your ordination. Practice and cultivate and meditate upon these duties. Okay, that means you've got to do some work, right? Throw yourself wholly into them as your ministry so that your progress may be evident, evident to everybody. Praise God. It's exciting to come back and see progress. It's exciting to come back and see, wow, I can see the words working. Hallelujah. Praise God. The things you stumbled over, you're not stumbling over anymore. Praise the Lord. Why? Because you're, you took a, a note of that impartation that you got, and you're not letting it fall to the ground. Amen? You're using it. Okay, so you throw yourself, what you don't use, you lose. Isn't that true? So you continue to use. I played a song yesterday, it was my mom playing the piano, and she's 80 years old, and she, it was, 
but it was recorded probably a couple years before she turned 80, and it was a song she learned as a child, and she tore it up. I mean, runs going everywhere, right? Did you hear that? Some of you heard that? I'm telling you, that's awesome. How did she do that? She kept at it. So if you keep on practicing the gift that God's given you, you know what? Sometimes opportunities are seasonal, right? I used to be a pastor's wife, so I did pastor's wife things. The other day I was saying to myself, man, I'm glad I'm not a pastor's wife anymore. (laughs) But there's a grace on you to do those things that you have to do. Amen? And now I'm doing something else. And probably the pastor's wives go, man, I'm glad I don't have to travel around with Mark like she does. (laughs) Live out of a suitcase. But you have grace to do. But some things are seasonal. But the gift of God is eternal. It's always in you. And it will develop to fit whatever situation, whatever stage of your ministry that you're in. Amen? Praise God. Hallelujah. And so 1 Peter 4.10, it says this, As every man has received the gift, even so minister the same one to another, as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. And then the Amplified Bible says, As each of you have received a gift. Okay, it says this. Explains it. What does it say? It's a what? What does it say up there? A spiritual talent. So it says, okay, say a spiritual talent. Say, I have a spiritual talent. So it might not be something you're naturally endowed with. But when you got filled with the Holy Ghost, there's another element going on here. It's a spiritual endowment. Wow. So that means you need to meditate you need to pray in the Holy Ghost and we need to think about what's going on on the inside because it's not not only natural it's supernatural amen so Peter says as you have received and it says every person has received the gift even so minister to one another and he says employ it for one another as it befits good trustees of God's many-sided grace, faithful stewards of the extremely diverse powers and gifts granted to Christians by unmerited favor. Hallelujah. It says, employ it for one another. Right? So as I work with this gift that's inside of me, might be a gift of teaching. It might be a gift of doing sound thank you Jesus it might be a gift of you know the first person at the door to greet uh, somebody as they walk in has to be very anointed has to be very full of the Holy Ghost and faith you might need to really be the I mean you're the you're the greeter you're saying come on in and when you do what you're doing is helping their guard go down What you're doing is making them feel comfortable and wanted. You're the introduction to the Word of God. Amen. What a wonderful gift. Another gift I love is the gift of housekeeping. I hate trash and dirt or cobwebs in church. (laughs) 
Because <laughs> my dad raised us that way, right, Patsy? We cleaned the church. We lived at one point, we lived in the basement of the church. And so we are very close to church. <laughs> and dad was a pioneer of that church. And, and your children are your best workers, right? Your assistant pastors, the Sunday school teachers, the housekeeping crew, right? And dad and mom taught us to sing and play instruments. So we would sit on the front row and play instruments. We'd play accordions that went up to here, <laughs> right? All of us. Or we played our horns or guitars or whatever. We just found the key and get in it and go. So you're developing. And mom taught us to play the piano and then we took lessons from other people so we there was a gift you recognize that gift in different ones and it's best to start young huh so children's children's ministry man Jesus is involved with you because you're recognizing these gifts and you start saying okay I think you could do the sound honey and you could do these things and you could okay and that's what happened with us. I can speak from experience because dad and mom taught us by example and by involving us. And I think that as preacher's kids made us like the ministry. Some people would say, well, that would make them not want to be in the ministry. No, they involved us from the prayer time all the way to the serving time. So if you begin always always stirring up the gift of God. You begin in the face of Jesus. What an example to follow. And you get your fire from him. Amen? And as parents or as leaders who are teaching others to follow you, you start them there in the throne room, worshiping, loving Jesus, because he's the greatest servant, and he helps us to be servants of all. Amen. We were talking about how he washed feet. Wow, what an example. And so mom and dad, they taught us these things, and they taught us to um, sing. They taught us to know the Bible and the scriptures. They taught us how to get out of the church, knock on doors. <laughs> we would knock on the door and say, I hope nobody's home. But it got us out. And also, we even did street meetings as little, little girls. Dad took us out. Remember that? He would set us up with a microphone and some of the people in church, and they'd sing, What the world needs is Jesus. Just a glimpse of him. And accordions, guitars, and the microphone on the pole, you know, on the stand. That was back in the 60s. And we were right across the street from the bar. And all these drunk people would come out, and they'd, and they'd see these little kids out there singing. Oh, my goodness. But you know what? That's where it begins. And when you learn, you have a gift. And Mom, and she identified, you have a gift to sing. And she taught us, she, you know, she was a Baptist, just coming in out of a Baptist church in the Assembly of God, being filled with the Holy Ghost. She'd had to take all the red lipstick off. And, but... She got in there, and she taught the kids. She taught us <laughs> to sing in harmony. She taught us to play piano. 
Dad taught us how to pray. People say, oh, man, I love Patsy. I love to hear her pray. And I said, you know, she got that from her, her mama and her daddy and, Pastor, and Brother Hagen. Those things imparted as a child. You teach them. Remember, Paul said, Timothy, as a child, as a child. I have Holy Ghost is on this today. As a child. You know, you might not be a child, but become like a child. Give it to a child. Amen. And stir that gift up. Amen. So I recognize that gift uh, in my little Macy granddaughter. She's 10 years old. And I said, the Holy Ghost talked to me in my bed. And he said, start teaching her the piano. So I said, Macy, come over. We're going to learn piano. Well, she, they were singing that song, uh, the enemy's been defeated. That was her first song to learn. So she can sing and play that one, you know, and some teaching on. And she's got it. She's got the talent, got the gift. Praise God. Praise God. So say, I got a gift. And I'm giving a gift. I'm giving out what I have. And it's multiplied. And you know whatever you put in Jesus' hands, he multiplies it. Praise God. And so he says to do it as good trustees of God's many-sided grace. Amen? And in Romans 12, let's look over there. Romans 12, 3, it says this. For I say through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one the measure of faith. So my measure of faith is not better than yours. I need to recognize yours and pull yours out. And if I do that, my measure of faith is going to grow. You want your measure of faith to grow? Use your measure of faith to help somebody. And yours is going to grow. Amen? What does Mark do? He studies. He prepares. He prays. He works. When he was a young man, he did all kinds of things. When I got married to him, he did, the, um, he did children's ministry. He did the bus ministry. These are things he started himself. He saw the need. He opened a bookstore. He uh, was a janitor. He went to, once a week, he went to a home for, uh, what would you call it? Um, uh, back then, they what do you call them? They were retarded back in those days. That's not proper to say that mentally challenged young people, uh, adults. And he sang to them and preached to them. And they loved the fire out of him. Hi, Mark. They were so precious. Taught them the scriptures. He went and he taught the ladies. He taught the ladies group. <laughs> he started a radio program called the Rock and Roll Preacher. <laughs> I mean... He went out to the highways and the hedges and started a bus ministry and compelled everybody, everybody to get in. What was he doing? He was using his gifts. And maybe he wasn't going to be the main preacher in the church quite yet, but he was using those gifts. If you use those gifts, they will get sharp and they will get better. Amen? Hallelujah. So sometimes everybody's waiting to come up here. But you got a pulpit that you could pull out of your pocket. <laughs> Wherever you go, you can minister. Wherever. 
You give a word in season. Amen. You have a revelation. Amen. So praise God. Amen. If you're trustworthy, then God will commit to us more. Amen. Let's go on. It says, for as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function, so we, being many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one of another, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. What does it say? What do the gifts do? They're different. Different. I don't see one person in here that looks exactly like anybody else. So all of the gifts are different, just like your looks. Amen. You let us use them in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching exhorts in exor exhortation. He who gives with liberality. So if you give, just go ahead and give. No strings attached. Amen? He who leads with diligence. He who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Okay? Why did Paul write this stuff? You know, this was part of his revelation. Mark was preaching to us in Christ revelation last night. But guess what? This is part of what Paul saw. He saw the body of Christ. He saw as Jesus is in heaven, so we are in the earth. And so we are a body. And because we're a body, we minister to the rest of the body. Amen? It's important to Jesus, the head of the church, to God who is the father and the father of the family. Now, I want you just to remember, remember when Jesus was on the cross. He's on the cross. And um, in John 19, 25 through 28, it talks about this little instance. It just so impacts me because while he was on the cross, this is what happened. Now there stood by the cross of Jesus his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Cleophas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciples standing by whom he loved, he saith unto his mother, Woman, behold thy son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold thy mother. And from that hour the disciple took her into his own home. And after this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, saith, I thirst. So on the cross, isn't it amazing? Jesus was fulfilling prophecy, every word that he said, everything. That, I mean, this was the plan of redemption. And in the middle of all of that, he looks down and sees John, he sees his mom. This is a relationship. He wouldn't be here without her. She was obedient. She took a lot of flack for being an unwed mother and for saying that her son was God. He loved his mom. She's not God, but She's a special lady. And he took the time while he was on the cross, and he said, Mom, I'm not going to forget about you, and you're going to be okay. John, take care of Mary. Mary, this is your son. He took care of family business. He took care of relationships. 
praise God. And then he went on and finished his work on the cross. So it's important to Jesus. I don't think he's changed. Today, he's on the throne, but he's looking down. All kind of kingdom business is going on in the world. But something that's very tender to Jesus' heart is that we're all taken care of. And nobody left out. Amen? That there are relationships that are strong. So that's why he through Paul says, don't fuss. Don't fight. Don't be bitter. Don't be angry. Don't be jealous. Get together. Amen? Because this, this forms a divine relationship, which is really a union in the body of Christ. Praise God. So we don't, um, in the body, no one part of your body is better than the other part, right? It's all important. It all needs to function. And so as we are in the body and in this season, Jesus is coming soon. And I believe he's taking care of things in the body. And Paul said that we are in his body and he puts us where he wants us to be. He places us in the body, in the place where it pleases him. Amen? So what do I need to do? I just need to humble myself and say, Lord, where do you want me? I'll fit there. I can do that. I don't have to shove to put myself forward. I just submit to God and submit to each other. Praise God and stay filled with the Holy Ghost. And I fit and I function in my place in the body. And all the while, Jesus has his eyes on you. Amen? Are you in your relationships? Praise God. Are you in your relationship that Jesus put you in? Praise God. Are you fitting and functioning there? Are you? Yeah. Let's, let's make sure that we are. Amen? Praise God. And whatever gifting that you have, let's be good stewards of it. Give it out. Amen? Nothing is bigger or nothing is less. Praise God. Is that good? Hallelujah. We need you. I need you. You need me. Amen. So number one, recognize the gift and the anointing that you've given, that you've been given because of divine relationships. Praise God, whatever you've been instructed, that faith that is given to you because you have been in a relationship with somebody. Number two, stir up the gift. Stir up the gift. So let's just say this. I have been given a measure of faith. I have the faith of God. And my faith is growing. Amen. And then the next things, we're going to stir up the gift. Let's say, I have a gift. I have received a gift. A spiritual gift. An anointing. I have an unction from the Holy One. And it's burning in me. I got a fire. It's stirred up. 
I'm doing the will of God. Amen. That's number two. And number three, be bold. Let love be your motivation. As you walk in the God kind of love, that compassion, that's what Jesus, he was moved with compassion, and it brought him out of himself to someplace else and into somebody else's life. Amen. So this gift will put you in somebody else's life. Praise God. Okay, he said, finally, all of you being one mind, have compassion for one another, love as brothers, be tenderhearted, be courteous. That's 1 Peter 3, 8. And then Jesus, when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Praise God. When I think of this movement here in this church, I think of this, the nature of this church is one that's full of compassion. Amen. Number four, trust God to work in what you've committed to him. He will guard it. Amen. He will keep and he'll watch over you and make you what you need to be. Praise God. So let's say this. God is working in me, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Amen. All right. The next thing is Number five, guard the faith in the teaching you've received. Guard what you have received. Watch over it. Don't be intimidated by others that don't understand you. Don't be discouraged. Encourage yourself and encourage one another. Amen? Amen. And number six says develop the measure of faith and the anointings and the gifts you've been entrusted with. Praise God. So what do, how do you do that? Get involved. You want to help in the music? You want to help in the sound? You want to help anywhere? Get involved. Maybe there's a ministry that's not going on. You say, man, I feel like we should be doing this. Well, guess who should do it? <laughs> You're the one. You see it. Okay? Don't, don't complain about the leadership. Man, they're just not doing anything around here. No, you see it. You get involved and you make it happen. Amen. And then uh, use the gifts and graces, your divine abilities. Use them. Sometimes I've been like this. Uh, mine's not quite as good as that one. Uh, I don't know. They're doing it. I don't need to. What are you doing? You're burying your talent. So that's not pleasing to God. Look for a way for that gift and that talent to come out. Be a helper. Amen. So humility, that's not really being humble to say, oh, they're better than me and I'm not so good. That's stupid. <laughs> so it's not being humble. That's, humility does not bury your talents. Laziness buries talents like the unprofitable servant. But humility will develop your talents. Praise God. And humility also will help somebody else develop their talent. I can't say that enough. Amen. Okay. All right. So say, I'm not lazy. Amen. But we're cultivating and developing the gifts. I like to hear you playing the guitar and others playing. You, you know, I, that didn't happen overnight. You develop that gift of rhythm and chords and, you know, man, what coordination. Hallelujah. It cultivate. Guess what? There's more. There's more. 
Romans 11.29 says, The gifts and callings are irrevocable. God doesn't change his mind about you. It says he doesn't change his gifts, his mind about his gifts he's given or the people he's called. So you mess up. So you really do something dumb. So you really fall away. What do you need to do? Come on. Those who are spiritual, get them. Come on. Come on back. Come on. It's okay. Come on. Get in your place. I need you. We need you. Amen? So stay in your place. The gift of God is irrevocable. God's still working in you. He has a plan. Amen? Praise God. This is what Paul said. Paul knew who he was. He was a mess. <laughs> and then the light just hit him, made him fall down to the ground, and he said, Jesus, who are you? What do you want me to do? So when you have a revelation, and we're crying out for revelation knowledge. Last night we were just, yes, Lord, reveal, reveal these things more and more. But when you get a revelation of Jesus, guess what? He'll say, I want you to do something. Amen. So Paul said, Jesus, you are Lord. What do you want me to do? So that's the best attitude to have, right? What do you want me to do? So here's Paul's confession. It's found in, he had a lot of confessions, but this one is in Ephesians 3, 7. He says, whereof I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of his power. That's a good confession. If I was you, I would write that down. I am a minister. Let's say that. I am a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of his power. Where is that power working? In your inner man. Amen. Where is that gift? It's in your inner man. Praise God. So when you're feeling frustrated, things are not working, just go back to this. Oh, God, I humble myself. I bow my knees unto you, the Father of the family in heaven. I want you to strengthen me in my inner man by your spirit working. And then start praying in tongues like Jude 20. Build up yourselves on your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Ghost. What's going on? You're stirring up your gift. You're Filling yourself up with some more fuel. Your pistons are starting to go up and down. The fire is starting to burn. Praise God. Once it starts burning, you start, the gift is activated. And you're on your way. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. We can't do it empty. we got to do it full of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Are you stirred up? Amen. Say, I got the Holy Ghost in me. Stand up on your feet. Let's just make a commitment. Praise God. Lift up your hands and let's just pray a prayer. Praise God before we, we break. Say, Father, you have bought me with a price of the precious blood of Jesus. I am not my own. I belong to you. You have put me in your body. And you have endowed me with a gracious gift. Now, once you put your hands on your belly, like just out of your belly, that's where that is, your innermost being. Amen? 
Say, I have a fire burning in me. The Spirit of the Lord is the candle of the Lord, is working in me. He's lighting my candle. The fire of God ignites the gift of God in me. I have spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God. I am fruitful and productive, and I share with others the gracious gift given to me by the laying on of hands, and I stir that gift up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, just for like 30 minutes, 30 seconds, let's just pray in the Holy Ghost. Just stir that gift up. La base de Bechola Barriando, Yemanaman de Kiano Sundele Bashakada, Yemanamaha de Codeba, Ye de Lede de Cosote de Bechelava Remo, Epalabare Kialote, oh, so filled and flooded with God, Epalabare Ke de Belobosate, oh, filled with the love of God, filled with the goodness of God. Oh, prayer practicing. Oh, the goodness of God. Father, we yield our bodies as instruments for you to work with. Hallelujah. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We thank you. Now put your hand on your neighbor and recognize the gifts of God in them. Just pray for them just for a moment. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the body of Christ. We thank you that, oh, Jesus, you're working in one, all, everyone individually and corporately. Thank you, Father God, that the things that you put inside of them will come forth and they will be developed, that they will be strengthened with your mighty power by your spirit in their inner man and that that fire will glow and it will grow and the gift of God will continue to develop and will reach out and will multiply into others. Hallelujah, Father, that all these things together will give glory to Jesus. Praise God that we are a body filled and flooded with God. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord, and together, Father, we form a habitation for you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Father, you feel and flood this church feel and flood this group feel and flood this body Father God throughout Australia hallelujah let there be a sound of glory and praise and love praise the Lord in Jesus name thank you that Jesus is glorified that you're able to do hallelujah lift your hands and say God you are able to do exceeding and abundantly Above all, I can ask or think, according to the power that is working in us, unto you be glory in the church. Hallelujah. Shout hallelujah. Amen. Amen.
the Lord. Thanks for listening. We're always encouraged to hear how God is using this ministry to change lives. If you have a story that you would like to share about how God is working in your life, please let us know and send us an email at churchatrama.org.au. If you would like more information or resources on this or other topics, or if you would like to sow into this ministry financially to help us share messages just like this one each week, please visit our website at rhema.org.au.